Hey everybody, welcome to another Savage Gentleman podcast here with my friend Will Jenkins. We just got back not too long ago from a very exciting upland game hunt. Uh, my first time doing a proper bird hunt. And Will has an organization called tryuplandgame.org. And that's literally what we did today. Will, yeah. welcome. Thanks for, thanks for coming out. Yeah, absolutely. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. It's... Uh... It's one of my, well, obviously, I have a program to get people out upland hunting, so it's one of my favorite things for sure, but um, it's a lot of fun just sharing it with people. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, as you saw today, like, you're not just sitting and waiting, we're walking around, we're talking, Mm -hmm. watching the dog, there's birds all over the place, so, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It was really, it was really cool, and, you know, I think we all go into a lot of activities with some preconceived notions of like, mm-hmm. this is what I think it's going to be like. And and sometimes that can dictate whether we actually ever try that thing yeah, or yeah. not, right? Depending on what our preconceived ideas are. And, you know, I mean, I've, I've never been opposed to hunting. I have no problem with hunting and I've gone hunting, but never bird hunting because I really didn't know or understand what it mm-hmm. was. I was like, I don't know, man. You're just going to like shoot some birds, I guess, or <laughs> something maybe. Yeah. And, 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 you know, my idea of it and the, what we actually did was very different and, and to, you know, to a very pleasant surprise of like, yeah. man, this is, this is really cool. Like I could get into this, yeah. you know? Um, and so I guess to give a little bit of backstory to what happened. So Will with his organization trying to bring newbies like myself mm-hmm. into, into this sport, uh, he booked a hunt at a local game preserve yeah yep and uh was it orapax is the name of it yeah orapax and they're out here in, in gooseland virginia so will was kind enough to just pack up the truck and drive all the way from <laughs> wisconsin yeah to to do this he brought his his very very aptly trained <laughs> hunting dog bird dog uh odin odin is a German wire hair pointer. Okay. And he's only like one year old? Yeah, he just turned a year in January. So yeah, he's 14 months. He, yeah, 14 months. And he crushed it. Yeah. And and so yeah. he set this up, you know, made sure I was squared away, kind of gave me some coaching. And man, we just had an awesome time out in the field. And um, I'm like, man, why don't more people do this? Right. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of why we started it. Like, uh, when you look at the hunting population, um, you know, we have a lot of hunters but as a percentage of the population, it's not very many. Mm-hmm. Um, and key to that is habitat access. We don't always have awesome habitat access. So that's obviously a key part of uh, recruitment and retention. We want to get people out and get them interested so we can have better advocates for more places to hunt and fish and things like that. But um, specifically tri- upland hunting, there's a lot of folks that are kind of aging out of the activity. Mm-hmm. Um, hunting license in general... Um, I think it's about a third of license holders or purchasers are over 55. Oh, wow. So we're, you know, 10 to 20 years from that large chunk aging out and all the other chunks by age are much smaller than that. So, um, we need more people interested. We need more and different people interested, not just, you know, just white dudes like me and you, you know, we need everybody. Your typical, like, you know, whatever your stereotypical hunter right. like i don't know I mean, your elmer fudd type yeah you know yeah. what i mean which 
that is, you know. And it's fine if you are one of those. You can be that guy, and and you don't care if I say that because you're like, yeah, man. I I mean, I'm literally wearing flannel right now. Like, I'm all I'm missing is the hat. Yeah. Um, and 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 I guess you know, for you probably understand the repercussions, but I and I'm still this is all very new to me. But you know what? What happens if we if we lose that that bulk of hunters? You know, what's what's kind of the the downside. I mean, some might say like, cool, that'll just open it up for more people. Like, yeah, we should definitely, you know, less is more. I mean, you know, the idea that, man, if there's less hunters and then good for the hunters, cause then there's, they have more stuff to, right. to, to hunt. But I, I get the feeling that that actually is the inverse effect. It's, yeah. That's, you know, well, not what's going to happen. There's a couple aspects to it. And obviously that's why I kind of added habitat in and a, a good, friend of mine wrote a nice article about it. Nicole Qualtieri over at Gear Junkie wrote an article about hunter numbers and habitat access. But um, the the danger of losing hunters or not having enough hunters is that um, hunting and fishing licenses are what funds your state DNR. Hmm. For the most part, there's not a lot of other funding coming in. So if you don't have license sales, you don't have DNR. And they manage Which... way more than game species. So yeah, Department of Natural Resources... <laughs> What is it here now? Department of Wildlife Resources. It's DWR in Virginia now. Yeah, I think so. Um, Lots of states is DNR. Um, You know, so if you don't have those organizations, they're there to manage all species, not just game. Mm -hmm. But it's paid for by people that buy hunting and fishing licenses. So you lose out on that. Um, And then just having enough voices to preserve the tradition and the access that Mm -hmm. hunting provides... Um, there's tons of state programs, especially in the Midwest and Western states, things like walk-in access where there's, it's private land, mm-hmm. but the landowner has agreed to allow people to go hunt on it. Um, and that, that goes under various names. Like in, we have managed forest land, managed crop land, walk-in access. There are all various ways that people that own private property can open it up to the public to expand access. And you need hunters that want access to get that. Because they're not going to just open it up for nobody. Sure. They need voices. They need people pushing mm-hmm. it. So keeping people out hunting is what keeps um, wildlife conservation in North America funded. And and that's also uh, conservation organizations um, like Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, uh, Pheasants Forever, Rough Grouse Society, American Woodcock Society, Quail Forever. You know, there's all these organizations. And if there's no hunters in those, they're also not buying the land to give to DNR or to the state because there's mm-hmm. plenty of places where um, conservation group or like backcountry hunters in English has done this in a couple of spots too where they'll pay for the easement to landlocked public land mm-hmm. so they'll they'll buy or purchase the easement back so that they're getting access you can for access folks. It. and that takes money and time and effort mm-hmm. and you have to pay for that so if we don't have people paying for that we don't get it um, and again if we don't get that we don't people don't buy license we don't buy license. The state has no funding to manage wildlife. Yeah. If we don't manage wildlife, it ceases to exist. It goes away, and then that land gets bought up, and now it's right. paved and turned into WalMarts, and <laughs> exactly. you know, and now all of a sudden we're basically just you know surrounded by concrete everywhere we go, and yeah. you know, I, I don't think that it's it requires too much uh, you know stretch of the imagination to see how like oh that could be a pretty bad thing especially yeah. if you're you know of a savage gentleman mindset like you right. you understand and appreciate you know the value of being able to go out in the nature and experience it you know in a in a very raw and and hopefully still pristine right way right. i think it's interesting you know people 
I think sometimes people have a hard time drawing the parallel between hunting, mm-hmm. where you're taking animals, right? right. You're, I mean, you're killing them, right? Right, you're, yeah. You're yeah. going to eat them, and maybe you put them on your wall, whatever you do with them. But, you know, there's 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 that component. And then conservation. And it's like, wait, right, yeah. how can you shoot something and then conserve it, right? right? But they don't realize that, that hunters are actually, you know, some of the biggest conservationists we have on the planet. Oh, yeah. They're the yeah. biggest advocates for it. Well, and I, I, I wrote an article a while ago, and this was years ago, and kind of uh, made an analogy to like an apple orchard. Like, hmm. not to make animals seem like fruit, because that's stupid, but like... How dare it's, you? The person that has that orchard or that wants to eat apples doesn't want to destroy every apple tree. Mm-hmm. They want all the apple trees to be around so they can continue to pick from them. Sure. So, and you, if you think about that in a larger aspect, like the tree's more like a herd. So you want to manage that tree or that herd so that you can pick mm-hmm. from it. You don't want to cut it down. Right. So that's and where I think a lot of people miss And sometimes you're going to prune it. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like there's a pruning component and there's a harvest yeah, of absolutely. that. And, and that actually helps with the overall health of the tree exactly especially in modern america you know where there's a lot of human influence on virtually all the landscape we have left so there needs to be some level of management and yeah and that's why we and we picked upland hunting um my partner matt and i run tri upland and we're both very avid upland hunters Uh, he's out in reno and i'm in, in wisconsin but um and that kind of shows the diversity. You can hunt it on in pretty much any. There's upland opportunities in every state. Really, it's just how successful you'll be is is the varying <laughs> sure. point. You know, like we talked about here in Virginia, there's not much, if any, wild bobwhite quail out there, mm-hmm. and that was kind of a traditional bird to hunt around here. So we have to buy them from the preserve and they put them in the field for us. Which, yeah. Um, which like, on the surface sounds like, oh man, you're just shooting fish in the barrel. And yeah. let me tell you. It's that not. is that is far from yeah. you know the way that it goes, and that was again you know my preconceived notion of like, all right, man, well I'm just gonna like walk in this field and just you know slaughter all these birds with zero right. effort or energy whatsoever, and it was like, if I didn't know, if you mm-hmm. hadn't told me that someone had placed those birds out there, I would have I would have never known, right? right. It yeah. would, and and from what I understand, it would be it's what we did is the exact same. Is if we were somewhere where they were naturally occurring, yeah, they're just a little bit more condensed. Whereas right. we had, you know, several, you know, over a dozen opportunities to shoot mm-hmm. in a in a in a natural habitat. You might have gotten one or two, right? Yeah, which exactly. the way we were shooting today, we probably would have come home empty. Handed. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Which you know is a, is another thing you know because you and I both we talked about like. You know, shooting skeet, you know, or trap shooting or whatever you want to call it. Like most, ever, most all of us have done that, and, and yeah. most guys can get pretty good at it. And there definitely is a carryover to some degree. But you know, shooting birds, you know, with the wind, against the wind, all yeah. these variables, you know, yeah. with with other people, with dogs, mm-hmm. um, it it changes the game quite a bit. And I mean, it's it is a it, very challenging, but also extremely rewarding yeah you know when yeah. when you when you actually get one because you're like yep. man that was not pure dumb luck again it's not fish in a barrel it's like man that was that was a lot of skill and timing and and probably a little bit of luck at least yeah. in my case i'm <laughs> yeah. sure for well, sure it and, was luck. and today we had so much wind that you don't realize how how much the wind can carry a little bird like a quail to just 
gone mm-hmm. in no time. Because there's a couple of times I didn't even bother shooting. And like it, no I wasn't chance. even... Yeah, that was like... Yeah, I'm just wasting shells. Because it hit the wind and it went up and over the trees. Yeah, which that, I guess is not... went just yeah. straight up and which I was like... generally... Oh. I mean, and we're not talking about little, you know, tiny scrub... You know, oaks and stuff. Like no, we're talking 40, about 50 foot tall trees. Yeah, yeah, and that thing is gone, and it's like, well, okay, <laughs> yeah, good on yeah. you. Yeah. Little did he know that Odin was just gonna gun him down. Yeah, and go get it anyway. Find him anyway. Like uh, th- this dog was yeah. fantastic. I mean, I, I don't know a lot about bird dogs other than you know they need to find the birds, which <laughs> yeah. he did. Yeah. And they uh, they're gonna point at him, which he did exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. And then when you shoot him or they fly, like he freaking finds them. And if you know, there was a couple that we, we that we definitely clipped that they weren't totally dispatched. And yeah. he he, he no got issue. Them for us. Yeah. Yep. Found them, yep. brought them back. And I mean, looking through this field. I don't know about you, but for me, like there was zero chance of me. And let, if that thing stopped moving and wasn't flittering around, there was one you know? walking across the road, like ten yards from me, and I didn't see it. Yeah, because that just, camouflage. Yeah, just they and they kind of bobbed through, and it was windy enough that all the grass was moving. Mm-hmm. So it kind of like so having their having a dog is you know we talked about barrier to entry. Yeah, yeah, right. And and so for upland game, there are some things that you're gonna for yeah. upland hunting rather there there are some things that you're gonna want, mm-hmm. um, but. It seems as though, because based off of this place that we went, they could have, I and mean, we had, we provided everything ourselves, but they could have outfitted us with pretty much yeah. anything we needed. Yeah, they, they'll give you a guide and a dog and a for a fee, of course, but as far as like barriers to entry in general, um, you know, the, the minimum is a sturdy pair of pants and a shotgun. <laughs> um, and you can find like Duluth Trading or Wrangler used to make some brush pants, like you can get a pair of pants for fifty bucks that'll mm-hmm. that'll stand up to it, and really, if you're going, it depends on the habitat you're walking through. Really nice jeans will hold up. Yeah, you know, it just you might just be uncomfortable. Um, but the real those are the two main barriers to entry, and, and I say that because um, that's all it takes to be successful. Doesn't mean it's going to be the most fun you'll mm-hmm. ever have. Um, I have a lot more fun with a dog, and what's like. What's fun about guys that have bird dogs, for the most part, is they'll use any excuse to go hunting with that dog. Sure. And it, you know, like today, when we were, I was kind of done shooting, I was fine. I had just more fun watching you and just letting Odin do his thing mm-hmm. and watching you and helping get you guys set up where you should be. Um, you know, if if I, I would have just as easily brought him again for this trip. To never touch a gun. Just I just want to see that. him go. So yeah. I, I put an invite out to a bunch of guys through some different Facebook groups, uh, hunting groups, um, before I really did try off and got mm-hmm. it going. And basically said, if you're within three hours of where I live, which is in the east metro of the Twin Cities, let me know. I, I'll bring a dog. I'm, I want my dog on birds because he's just turned a year old. Mm-hmm. I need him to be on birds as much as possible. Don't need to hunt. If it's your land, if it's private, I don't even, I won't touch a gun. Yeah. I just want him there and let's, let's do it. And I had a few folks take me up on some of the invites and stuff, but that's why I say like dogs aren't necessarily a barrier to entry. It's maybe barriers to going whenever you want. Sure. But there's rarely a time when somebody calls me or texts me or messages me and says, Hey, do you want to meet at this uh, waterfowl production area and, and look for some pheasants? 
Yes. Yes, I do. You want to <laughs> try grouse hunting this weekend? Yes. Yes, I do. I'm going to drive two hours north to meet you, and we'll walk around and find some birds. You that's, know, so that's cool. I don't count it as a barrier, though it's probably something you might want eventually. Sure. But if you have a, if you make good enough friends with somebody with a bird dog, you're probably going to be okay. Not have a problem with that. Um, well, you know, what's what I found really cool, and again, this kind of seems counterintuitive, like, man, there were, there were several moments where just like, Walking through the field, you know, breeze blowing, you, you feel the wind, you see the trees rustling, you can hear it. The dog is out there doing what God made it to do. <laughs> right, you yeah. know what I mean? It is, yeah. it is just in its, um, you know, in, in its, in its, in its element. Right. And, and you kind of feel like you're in your element for a yeah. moment there where you're just like, man, this is one of the most like Zen peaceful moments, yeah. even yeah. though, yeah, I've got a firearm and I'm, you know, going to be shooting one of these birds hopefully <laughs> yeah. with any luck and, and yeah i mean I, I am taking a life right but this right. is food that i'm gonna eat you know i mean this yeah. is putting food on the table for me and my family so i can you know i can definitely justify that you know but i'm spending time with a good friend we're having mm-hmm. great conversation yeah and it's like okay man i i get it you know you look mm-hmm. at some of these old timers and you know even even as far back as guys like hemingway and the the, the way they romanticized yeah. Yeah. you know um, upland hunting and that sort of thing. Yeah. And it's really easy to see why, mm-hmm. you know, you're like, okay, yeah, I, I totally understand, Yeah, you know, which, and I didn't before, like I couldn't appreciate it. I was just like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, man, I gotta wear blaze orange. I'm not a huge fan of that. Like it's and not my color. It always come, it's kind of illustrated as like a rich man's sport. Yeah. Oh, because for sure. It, especially like around here where we grew up, everybody that bird the hunts has largely hunts preserves Mm -hmm. and you know it's not expensive as a way to try it or to practice but it's expensive to do it every weekend oh sure it's a couple hundred bucks if you want to go do it so it's like you know as far as hunting goes that's cheap but it's not something you can do twice a week every week like i go hunting during bird season at least two evenings a week and most every saturday sunday or some portion thereof Mm -hmm. we'll run out for a saturday morning hunt and then i'll go home and do something with the kids or whatever so i'm not just gone um, there's no way I could pay to go to a preserve Yeah, every all single time, yeah. So, um, but there's, uh, that, it's a good way to practice without having to, uh, pay a fortune, sure. you know, so. Yeah, yeah, and because if you were to, you know, try to get on, let's say, a, you know, some other big game hunt, you're going to oh, get yeah. on, a, on a guided elk hunt, good luck, I mean, right. you know, Potentially tens of thousands in some areas, depending oh, yeah. on where you're going. I mean, just for a tag, in some just places. to get the tag and, and and travel and airfare. I mean, you're talking about a huge chunk of change. And I think what what was really cool about this for me, not having much experience as a hunter at all, this really I think you know is a great entry point of like, okay, you know, I'm not hunting anything big. There's not a ton of pressure necessarily, yeah. but like I get to experience what it is to hunt, right? right? And like. You know, and and I think that it's something that that is should be like treated with respect. Oh, absolutely, right? yeah. Um, even though these are, you know, it's easy to write off. Oh, it's a small bird. Like, who cares? Whatever. But it's like, no, man, this is a legitimate thing. And I think that it's a good stepping stone, exactly, towards moving to you know bigger things like turkey or deer or whatever. Yeah, and so, exactly. you know, I, a lot of guys. I'm sure there are a lot of guys, and hopefully there's folks out here listening. You know, who who have maybe been on the fence. Right, yeah. who didn't didn't grow up hunting, you mm-hmm. know, I, I didn't really 
grow up hunting anything other than like squirrels and and small birds, like shooting blackbirds and stuff, because they were getting yeah. in the bluebird nest, <laughs> yeah. like you do out in the country, yeah. you know. But but we were always playing sports during during hunting season, mm-hmm. so we never really got to go out, and so I kind of missed that. Um, I think very crucial, uh, you know, element right yeah. in my yeah. whatever in my in my. I don't know, in my man evolution, yeah. right? Like, I, I think it's an important thing. Like, like I, I've, I've been playing around with this idea is like, man, every, the, they're like the, the five savage um, tenants, right? Mm-hmm. You should be able to, let's see if I can remember them on the spot. I've had too much whiskey. <laughs> um, like every man should be able to, to, to fight something, to kill something, to fuck something, to fix something and to make something. Yeah. Right. Like these, like, like if you're going to be, you know, any man worth his salt, like you should be able to do all of those things. And right. a lot of those I've, I've gotten pretty good at. It. <laughs> I, you can decide which ones. Um, some of them I really have very little experience right. in. And so, you know, this, this idea of like taking responsibility for the food that I'm consuming, right. It's really right, yeah. easy. It's really easy to just put the onus on someone else. Like, oh, I just oh, walk yeah. into the store and like, cool, meat done. And yeah. I don't, I don't I pay no second thought to where that meat came from. You know, this was a living creature at some point that yeah. had to give up its life in order for me to continue to, uh, you know, survive. We, we just, mm, hamburger. Right. In yeah. face. Or you go through yeah. McDonald's and you just, right. There's no, there's no consideration. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that there's that, that's a problem that we've lost touch with that. I think, Absolutely. I think, you know, and, and again, we've got plenty of hunters, but I think we've got plenty of guys listening out here that, that, that haven't. And so, you know, as a guy that hasn't spent a lot of time, I really encourage you guys to go out there and figure it out. And I'm, and I'm, it's cool that there's places like Tri Upland that are, yeah. you know, helping, helping. Because it's like, well, where do I, okay, so I've, I mean, the gun I have, I've had this gun. I have a gun. Check. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. It's a, you know, this really beautiful 20-gauge over-under Belgian-made Browning that I inherited mm-hmm. from my great-grandfather that I've only ever used shooting skeet. Um so okay, now what? Right. I just go walk down through the woods and hope Shoot something up. shows yeah. up. Like, how do I? You know, how do I even? Where do I even start? So now, you know, there's organizations out there that actually are, you know, teaching people and connecting them with mentors mm-hmm. and 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 showing them the way, which you know, hopefully it'll it'll revitalize the idea. I mean, I'm assuming right. that's the point. Well, and, right? and that's and I should probably do a better job explaining what what Tri Upland is. And and the idea behind it is is really um, my partner Matt and I we have a, an agency called Uncommon Wild, um, and we started with the idea of an upland activity, and the goal was to bring um, non hunting media people mm-hmm. out on a hunt. Um, and there were you know it, it was largely a marketing activity sure. so and the goal is that's your to, background right yeah so the idea was to get non-hunting media to just kind of increase awareness of upland hunting how accessible it is and how much fun it is and mm-hmm. how good the food resulting from it is like and give them a, a really cool experience that they could take and and share with people through whatever their media outlet was but with covid that all got shut down mm-hmm. so we moved over to an idea of, of from our original and we called it try upland and it was more like a hashtag like the idea was to just get people to talk about it, mm-hmm. and it was kind of a, a, a challenge to current upland hunters to be available oh, and cool. to invite people, and a challenge to um, people that want to learn to upland hunt or want to try it 
to seek them out and say, I want to try this. And, yeah. and for both sides, if you use that hashtag, the idea would be on Instagram or whatever, you, you should be able to search it and find some folks and to at least get a better understanding, sure. talk about it, maybe meet up for a hunt. Maybe they just coach you from afar. Mm-hmm. And then we got so many people that wanted more from us that we built a community site. Oh, and then cool. that started taking off. So we ended up, we just launched our new community site. But part of our requirement is when you log in or you register for tryupland.org, you put in your name, you know, whatever. You put in your state and zip code. The zip code is not public. That's for us to better understand where to sure. help you mm-hmm. and to work with agencies and things like that to say, okay, we know we have 15 people that want to upland hunter hunt in this one zip code, we can go to that state and then kind of help. But the other thing you have to select is whether you're a mentor or a mentee. Like there's nobody else on the site, but uh-huh. those two people. And that's on purpose because it's largely a social media site. Once sure. you get inside kind of like Facebook, mm-hmm. but the idea is for people to be publicly labeled as one or the other. And there's some rules to the site. You can't be a jerk. You know, it's a, it's a site based on education. So yeah. the second you say something that belittles even what you would consider the dumbest question, you're out. Like, we don't do that. Yeah. This is a site for learning. If you're here, this is what it's for. Well, because I was just, you know, this, the, the, the thing that you're capturing here is actually really difficult, right? And I think mm-hmm. it's really difficult for, for guys, especially in an arena where, like, I, I don't know, just for some reason, guys just think that by birth, they're really good at these things. Like, <laughs> right. like, like, like every guy for whatever reason thinks just because they have a penis, like, yeah, man, I, you can fight, I can shoot, I can drive. Right. Um, there's probably a few other things in there and it's yeah. like, these all, these things all take time and skill. And, right. and so for, there's so many guys that just like, well, I can't admit that I'm not a good hunter. Right. I'm a man, damn it. Right. You look at my fucking beard, bro. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Yeah. I can't, I mean, we walked into the place and the, la- you know, the yeah, lady was right. setting us up. She was like, do you all like, like, do you need help cleaning your birds? And I was like, oh, no, we're fine. And she was like, yeah, I didn't think so. You yeah, don't look like, like you need help. Yeah, you guys look like you know what you're doing. And I'm like, I super don't know what I'm doing, lady. <laughs> but thank you. You know, I mean, I know the vest signifies that I'm, you know, very, very got well. got badger officially savage. Yeah, I know. I've got, I've got. Looking at the camera and doing the wrong side. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've got the patch. I mean, I've got my shooting vest here. Man, I'm I'm super squared away, but it's all a lie. No. <laughs> I mean, to some degree, like, again, I mean, I have been hunting. I have fired a shotgun, so it's not like I'm a total, you know, poser, a hack fraud. But, you know, I could either, A, go through my life pretending that yeah. and, not, and, and just being at whatever level I'm at right now and just let people think that I'm maybe good at this thing. Right. Or I can admit like, hey man, Will, I I need some help. I've never been. Yeah. I don't know what to do from this. Like I'm not helpless. I understand how to like, you know, be safe with a firearm, but I don't know, you know, yeah. Yeah. what to do with it. And, well, and, and that's part of the like, uh, there's kind of two aspects to the mentor-mentee thing being that we also have regional groups within the site. So you can sign up for as many as you want depending on where you are because um, you know, a lot of folks travel long distances to bird hunt, mm. especially in the Midwest and out West, they're willing to hunt three, four States a year. So they're willing wow. to meet up with people. And I hunt Minnesota, Wisconsin, and you know, I'd love to add Iowa and Nebraska next year and hunt four, five States. Mm-hmm. Um, cause they're all bunched together. It's easy. You know, it's, it's not like you're driving 40 hours like I did to get right, no. right. Um, but, um, but so there's kind of two aspects to that. The idea is you can you can find a mentor that mentors you from a distance, mm-hmm. a mentor you meet up with locally, 
you can find other mentees that are interested in the same thing and learn together. You know, so um, there's been plenty of things hunting and otherwise where I didn't know what I was doing, but it was a lot easier because I had a friend that also didn't know what they were doing and we're uh. figuring it out together. So there's an, um, by saying you're a mentee, it doesn't mean you're an idiot. Sure. And by a mentor, you're not an expert. Our definition of mentor is just somebody who is can carry out a safe upland hunt mm-hmm. and is willing to share that with someone. Has some that, level of experience. Right. But and that's and that's it doesn't hard... have to be like you're not guaranteed anything. Yeah. Like, it's not like going to a game farm necessarily. Like, right. You're not or going not, to you're shoot not, something. You're it's going not to Tred Barda you're going with who's just gonna <laughs> right. like you know, freaking shoot a quail with a bow and arrow. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, sure. Right. Yeah. Um yeah I, I think that's the other thing too is like we have a lot of guys that maybe that sometimes are afraid to step up and say like, "Hey, I, I I do know some things. I'm not the expert. I'm not you know the number one guy, yeah. but I could show somebody something. You know, right. they, they, because I think there's that fear of coming across as the guy as the over uh, overzealous or like way too boisterous guy who's who's selling snake oil and telling everyone that he's the best right. at everything. And 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 if you're you know. A, a decent human, you, you don't want to be that guy. <laughs> right, so you'd yeah. rather you'd rather you know play it safe and not not step forward at all right. for fear of being you know considered something that or whatever. Um, what is that? The uh, what do they call that? The imposter syndrome. Right? Oh yeah, like yeah, a lot yeah, of people yeah. really suffer from that. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think we need to be like really real and honest with ourselves. You know, know our limitations, but also know that like what we're good at. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's Absolutely. like, hey, I I may not be the best, but I know more than the guy who has never been before. Right. And exactly. so I could help him. Well, like, I'm not like a veteran upland hunter. So mm-hmm. I'd never been until I moved out west. And I went with a buddy. So I moved to the Twin Cities area um, and went with a guy through You're DHA. good hunting up there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have a lot of luck this year. Um, <laughs> otherwise, I mean, there is. I'm just not very good at it. No, so I went with a buddy for the first time, and I was completely unprepared. I wore like seven inch hikers, and there was eight inches of slush, so I my feet got dangerously cold. Ooh. Like I was going to, it was like one of those days where it was like upper twenties, but sunny enough that things would kind of melt a little bit mm-hmm. enough to get really sloshy. And I was like trudging through these fields, wore the wrong boots, and you know, I've got ice in my shoes and we walked a lot. So I'd get back to the truck and wring my socks out and put them back on and oh, go again. Man. And that's just a recipe for numb toes. <sighs> yeah. But so I, that was my first embarrassing hunt. And we got a, a couple of birds, but they were all hen, uh, pheasant. You can't shoot hens in the wild mm-hmm. in Minnesota. Um, so I, I had moved across the river into western Wisconsin and met up with my now good friend, Brian, who I met through Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, because at, at a point I worked for Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. Um, and oddly enough, one of my coworkers in Colorado grew up in the area I was now living in, and one of his buddies from high school lived there too and was big into upland hunting. Um, it, me and Brian met up at a brewery and kind of talked and ended up going out with him and his uh, wire-haired pointing griffin named Rudy and immediately just loved it so you know growing up here we didn't have that opportunity to hunt wild birds like Mm -hmm. that so um you know after freezing my feet off the first time this time i was much more prepared um i say that i wore totally i wore soft shell pants and Mm -hmm. i came home just like bleeding from all the briars and stuff yeah and uh that was stupid so don't wear soft shell pants okay but wear um and that's 
you know, you can you can wear them in certain scenarios, but the scenario I was in should not be soft shell pants. So I <laughs> so finally got some brush pants. Yeah, yeah. Or, spiky stuff. Wear brush pants. Yeah. Um, or or go someone who knows. Yeah, where, and you know, the says, "Hey, land. dummy, wear the right stuff." Oh. <laughs> well, that I mean that that you know I don't want to be dismissive of that aspect, right? Because we're we're talking a lot about hunting and and specifically upland hunting, but. Man, I think even the the bigger overarching thing here that you're creating, which is really exciting and cool, is a community. Yeah, right? yeah. And a place where, you know, I we tend we tend to make things here at Savage Gentlemen specific to men. Right. Um, but I mean, your your thing isn't gender specific. No, not at all. Um, I, in but, fact, well, that's a part an of interesting idea. part is how many women are interested. Yeah, which was is awesome. Like we hoped. We Matt and I did our research, but at the same time, we you never know if uh, if it's going to work. You, you, sure. Like who knows? And are people going to talk? Right? Are they going to be willing to meet up? Are they going? You know, because there's a safety measure to that. Yeah, and but that's the... are they going to? You know, one of the more successful women in our community last year, she had a uh, I can't remember if she adopted a dog or like an inherited a bird dog from okay. a family member. Um. So not like a trained bird dog, but a, a hunting breed. I'm pretty sure it's a German shorthair pointer. Um, and she wanted to start upland hunting. She was just kind of out on her own with her dog. And uh, she was uh, talking with Heath, who's one of our members. Super nice guy. Um, knows a ton, but you he'll never tell you that. Like, he's not he's not boisterous about it. Mm-hmm. But he's, 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 he hunts a lot, and he knows a ton. Um, and he was able to help her get her first bird. Nice. And I don't think it was in person. I'm pretty sure it was through oh, wow. text message. But no they just kidding. met on the community. They mm-hmm. kind of talked. And that's another aspect to like the mentor-mentee thing is what's nice about a community is you're not tied to one person. Oh, yeah. So she can ask me and Heath and mm-hmm. an, another new female hunter like and get like a broad understanding. Because it, it's a pretty diverse hunting opportunity depending on like bird species and habitat that you live within and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But... Um, it's a great way to like, it, essentially one of, an issue I noticed with some of the current like mentor mentee things is it's run by a state agency. Um, some of the programs are amazing. I've been a mentor in some of them, but some of that issue is you're just paired up. And that's it. Yeah. It's here's like, your, here's your person. Yeah. Like, it, love them. Josh, hate you're hunting with Will for three months. It's right. a course. You're going to do rifle range. You're mm-hmm. going to do. Um, and this was for deer. You're, you're going to do, you know, deer habitat and understanding. It's an amazing education, but when it comes down to hunting, you and I might not get along. Sure. sure. You know, I'm pretty easy going. I get along with most people, but that doesn't mean you're going to hit it off. Right. And what you need to be successful is a community that supports you, mm-hmm. not will. Not one you person. Know, you need, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's also part of the motivation. It's like if you only have one person to bounce stuff off of, you know, after that, like, initial year, if you don't magically just get along really well... They're done. They're done. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they they learn some things, and maybe they'll come back to it, but it's you're not hooked into a community where, like, that's what I've found value in, is I built my own little upland community of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, there should just be a place for us. Yeah. You know, and it should be based on getting more people. Um, and we kind of say that our... our our goals are mentorship, education, and conservation. Like that's what we're here for. It's 
pairing you up. Well, not even pairing you, like building you into a community that mm-hmm. supports you, whether you're brand new somewhere along your journey, an expert or whatever, like whatever you are, you'll fit in one of those mm-hmm. places. Um, so we make you say mentor, mentee, and that's more of a, you know, there's some guys that have labeled themselves mentees, even though they've hunted for a couple of years, but don't own a dog and only win a couple of times each year. Sure. They feel, they still feel they like still they need them. the support. Mm-hmm. So of course, that's fine. Yeah. That tells me what I need to know about you to help mm-hmm. you. Um, and there's plenty of guys that have had that level of experience and feel like they can be a mentor and sure. share that experience. So it's it's not this weird strict thing. Yeah. It's a more of a community base. Um, and whether you're out hunting by yourself or with a group or with somebody you met through the site, you can come back to this community and talk about it. Nice. And learn from each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously... You know, we're kind of crowdsourcing it by doing that, but we're working to build some, like, educational materials, mm-hmm. and um, uh, we'll be doing li- live webinars starting soon within the platform, too. So, it's it's more than just uh, come here to c- try to figure it out. Creating more of a community that's supporting each other versus, like, paired-off relationships yeah. or this strict criteria of how you go about it, because that doesn't work for everybody, and... You know, um, one of our goals is to be, like, more diverse and inclusive, too. Mm -hmm. So, it's, like, not everybody feels comfortable with everybody. Sure. And, you know, as much as me as a 35-year-old white guy wants to take anybody that wants to go hunting out, there's not everybody's comfortable with me. And that's okay. And what guy, girl, whatever race, like, I don't want people to feel like they have to go with a certain type of person Mm -hmm. because our goal is to build a a diverse enough community that um, you can find someone like you and that you can relate to. Maybe they're not in your area, Mm -hmm. but maybe they can give you advice and make you feel welcome enough that then you're willing to go with me. You know, so there's these different aspects because at the end of the day, like the more people we just have out doing it is the better. And we kind of already talked about that yeah. as far as license fees and things like that but it grows um, the sport which then makes it more healthy and, and yeah. will continue it in the long run exactly right? but the only way you can do that is by bringing more people into the fold and the only way exactly. you can do that is by creating some kind of an infrastructure for yeah. people to learn and and get that entry point which i i think is fantastic and, and truthfully i wish that there was more um organizations like what you guys have in in other areas and other arenas, yeah. right? Because there's so many things that, like, look, maybe maybe you don't give a shit about hunting. Like, you're never right. going to be a hunter. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. not your thing. But I think for 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 men in particular, and bringing it back, like I was saying with Savage Gentlemen, like, you know, having a community where you have the ability to ask questions, right? Yeah. Right, and you yeah. have someone, and you're not going to get you know shit on. For, oh man, you don't know how to, you know, to skin a deer? Like, yeah, sorry, no one ever taught me. Like, <laughs> right. you, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, what do you want from me? Yeah. You know, like, that would be like me saying, oh dude, you don't know how to do a freaking omoplata? And right. you would look at me and like, I don't understand the words that you just said. Speak English, please. Yeah, English, right? And it's like, yeah, you don't know this very, <laughs> you know, esoteric, you know, oddly specific jiu-jitsu move you're like no mm-hmm. i don't do jiu-jitsu nerd like what do you want from <laughs> right like you've never practiced it like, why would right. i expect you to know right. how to execute something like that like right i wouldn't but we but we there's this weird stigma of you know for a lot of guys they want to 
I don't know, man. They just want to like laud their knowledge right. over over other men because it makes them feel better. And it's like they're and they're the same guys that are complaining like men men aren't men anymore. Like they don't know how to be. And it's like, right. well, yeah, no shit because nobody's telling them. Because you, you make you, them feel bad for not. Yeah, you make <laughs> yeah. them feel like a piece of shit for not knowing this thing. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, look, either you're part of the problem. Or you're part of the solution, like right. like choose. And we, you know, we we talked about sometimes is the conversation in the league where guys will get in and they'll you know have some kind of a gripe about people asking these certain questions. Like I can't believe you can't handle that on your own. And you're like, look, man, if, if they can't ask it here, where are they going to get it? If you've right. got yeah. someone, yeah, who has like you know mustered up the courage to ask like a very personal, very you know potentially revealing question to a group of strangers like do you don't think that they had you know any other outlets or if they did they wouldn't have gone there right well and that's kind of like our the community we're trying to build is like it's the expectation that you don't know Mm -hmm. so you don't have to like you have to click mentee when you log in you know like you fill out your registration but you don't have to like you know it's it's you're not like exposing something raw. It's right. Like, like, it's expected that you're one or the other. Yeah, yeah. Either one's fine. And it's that's totally what it's here fine. for. And, you know, and I so think... it's you're not having to like you're not begging for help. You're right. just falling in line with everybody else that needs help. I and I, we want to do it together. I really like that model and, and again I wish we could adopt that in, in more aspects. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, yeah dude, hey guess what? I don't know how to fight. Because right. I didn't yeah. grow up doing that. Like I'll be the first one to say like, hey dude I don't know shit about computer programming. Like I can't, I can't write code. Yeah. You know what I mean? Does that make me less of a man? You know? Right. Does it make me less of a human even? Am I, am I lesser of a person? Now, if you don't know anything, you know, and you've made it, you've lived your life for this long, you still haven't bothered to learn any, you know, uh, appreciable skills. It's like, well, Hey man, you wasted a lot of time, but guess what? Wasting that time, you're probably busy doing something. You probably develop some random skill, even if it's, I, I don't know, like uh, tiddlywinks. And you're like, <laughs> holy shit, you're the best tiddlywinks player on the planet. Well, guess what? Right. There's probably some person who would love to learn tiddlywinks from you. Right. Yeah. This is going in the show notes. Of like, and we talked extensively about tiddlywinks, <laughs> which I'm not even 100% sure if I'd know. I think it's like these little sticks <laughs> yeah. that you like flip Maybe. or do something. It might as well be. Sure. <laughs> it is that now. It's I decided. Wish, <laughs> I wish one of these days we're going to be at the level with this show where we have some guy who can oh, just like yeah, look up shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, hey, Steve. <laughs> I don't know. Sadly, his name won't be Steve. It'll be something like. Um, it's going to end in an Aiden. You think so? Caden or no, Raiden. no, no, no. I'm thinking it'll be like, it'll be like, hey, Thor. I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say Odin, but yeah, that's your dog's name. He's stuck in my head. <laughs> I don't know. Just something like really, really off the wall. Sorry. So there's some Thor out there listening. Like, what are you talking about, man? I'm just a fucking normal guy. I'm, why are you busting my balls? Um. Oh man, sorry. I really sidetracked this. That happens. Um, I blame the Glenfiddich for that. Today's Savage Element podcast is brought to you by delicious single malt scotches. I don't always drink whiskey on the show, but when I do, it's Glenfiddich for tea. Yeah, and they're either in the episode is either marginally better or worse. <laughs> it remains to be seen. It's hard to say. Right it depends. Now. I guess it depends on who you are. 
So, you know, we we probably should have let in maybe with a little bit of your backstory. Sure. Because so far everyone's just been listening to some friggin' guy yeah. talking about stuff. You should really go shoot some birds. Yeah. <laughs> um, and apparently he says I need to go shoot some birds. But, you know, you, you have quite a bit of industry knowledge. You know, I, I mentioned your, your marketing background. Yeah. Um, you were for a long time working in the industry, helping marketing, doing film and camera yeah. and, and production and pretty much start to finish the whole bit for some, some pretty big players in the, in the hunting yeah. realm. Um, you've worked for, with, for and with a lot of big companies. So, you know, maybe just to lend a little credibility, like, sure. you know, like, Hey, I didn't just bring some Yahoo off the street to tell you guys to Not just another schlub from mechanics. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I started, um, in 2011, I started a website called thewilltohunt.com and it was really just me talking about hunting. Um, I always thought it'd be cool to be a writer and a blog in that time was the easiest way to become a writer because I wasn't good enough to actually have someone publish what I wrote. <laughs> so I figured I'd publish it myself. Um, so I started my site. Um, it was really bad and really ugly, but people still came to it. So like my first, my personal goal, because even, I think, I feel like we're so immersed in the internet right now that this is going to sound stupid, but you know, 10 years ago, we weren't as like immersed in numbers mm -hmm. of things. Like, so traffic was foreign to me, like web traffic. Sure. So I was like, man, if, if I could get a hundred people to read my site in a month, I feel like that'd be really cool. Because I'm just me. I'm nobody. There's nothing special. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, I'm trying to do something. And, you know, I was young and, and married and had kids and didn't get to hunt as much as I'd like. So I wanted to write about it as, mm -hmm. as kind of an escape. Sure. And just from an just, you know, everything else. Um, so the first month, there was a thousand people that read it. I was like, oh, crap. I might be onto something because there was not a lot of hunting blogs back then. And the ones that were around, there were a few phenomenal ones. So I don't, this isn't to say mine was the best, but a lot of them were just kind of like a personal diary and they didn't treat it very professionally. And I'm just like too, not necessarily organized, but too like, I don't know. I, it needs to be done well. Mm -hmm. Like I, it has to be done like, if I fancy myself a writer in any respect, I got to be like this. I'm writing. Yeah. I'm not just farting around on the internet. Mm -hmm. I'm writing. So I treated it differently than I think most people did. And at that point I was writing, I wrote three articles a week for probably two and a half years straight. Wow. And Dude, that's a, I mean, a lot. That's a serious amount. Yeah. Like, I mean, people are, people are probably like, yeah, Josh, you need to get the let out because typically <laughs> right. I write for, I write our blog and like, man, I'm lucky if I get one halfway and they weren't ever like month. They weren't always like amazing, but it was just something to write and mm -hmm. people liked it. And I think the reason people liked it was I wasn't pretending to be anyone. Sure. I wasn't trying to be the next great hunter. Mm -hmm. I was just talking about my experiences and the gear I could afford. You know, I did a lot of gear reviews and I was just writing about stuff because I was looking for gear reviews, but I couldn't find any that weren't sponsored by the company that sure. made the gear. And I'm like, well, this is stupid. This is probably you know? a little bit biased. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, you know, you read a hunting magazine and there's a review of the product. You flip the page and it's a full spread ad for that product. And you're like, wait a minute. I don't know how much I trust that review I just read. So mm -hmm. I started reviewing gear and being 
uh, I'd, I'd call it like politely honest, you know, because I'd always highlight the good and the bad. Like, sure. I've never, I've never reviewed anything where I didn't say, here's the drawbacks. Because there's, there, there is no perfect thing. So sure. what are those drawbacks? Mm-hmm. So, um, that started getting attention. Um, and then eventually I kind of taught myself how to build some websites because I had to build my own because I couldn't afford anybody to do it for me. You built my very first That's right. Josh did. Tyler That's right. MMA website that I actually, I think, still It's exists. still out there, isn't it? It's still <laughs> sitting there. I need to do something with that. Yeah. Because it's been, I, I think there's some like flat flash things that need to be updated. Oh, probably. It probably doesn't yeah, because we built it and then it sat and some of the areas got degraded. But it's still out there. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so I built a bunch of websites and... Um, yeah, like I built mine, and then mm-hmm. I started building them for other people, and that grew into building like actual websites for businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, I started doing like product photography and stuff for my reviews, and people were like, "Your product photography is pretty good. What if we sent you some gear, and we'll we'll work out payment or trade for photos?" I'm like, "Oh, well, sure." And the sad thing is, most of it was like either with my phone <laughs> or like an old um, Canon XSI, which is like the lowest of the DSLRs. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's just enough. Yeah. yeah. It felt it's like a one toy. one grade above a potato. <laughs> right. So I kind of just slowly picked things up. Um, and then uh, I started doing work with companies because they kind of came to me and, and looked at my um, blog. And largely what I was doing is successfully branding being a failed hunter you know <laughs> so it's like i ne- didn't kill many things and when i did they weren't very big mm. you know i killed it wasn't deer, super sexy you're yeah, like it the wasn't this guy. massive 12 point buck that i can't even hold up because it's too heavy it was right. just me like hey i shot a doe mm-hmm. i shot a button buck i thought it was a doe i don't know what to tell you you yeah. know like this is what happens um so people kind of gravitated to that i think because they were like it was validating that mm-hmm. that's how most of us hunt sure it's just hunting you know, right. not just as it's not worth doing, but when you, you, you don't shoot three large bucks every year, you shoot right. one every three to five years and does in between Yeah, and you still have a good time and you don't feel bad for having a good time doing that. I, I think it's really easy to get caught up in the, in the social media realm that we live in where it's like, yeah. you know, nothing is worth doing mm-hmm. unless it is worthy of Instagram, right? Right. Yeah. Which means it has to be the biggest, baddest buck and I'm guilty of it. Yeah, I, I'm really bad about it. Like, I don't really post any fitness stuff because unless I've got four wheels on the bar, like, who gives a shit? Right. Like, I'm not gonna yeah. just show you like my. Oh man, I'm just kind of here repping out 225. Like, right. you know what I mean? But you know, maybe maybe there are some people that are like, oh, cool, and this is where you you know found a lot of success. Where it's like, hey, I could do that. Well, yeah. that's just like me. I get, this resonates, right? And yeah. I think we, you know, we only want to put ourselves out there if we're doing the most extreme and the most badass and the most right. whatever. And and if we can do that, certainly highlight it and showcase it by all means. But at the same time, like don't, you know, diminish yourself for just going out and doing something. I think, right? Yeah, you know, because it, it's better than just well, I mean, sitting there doing nothing. For me, like it's created. You know, I've always, for the most part, held a separate career in the healthcare industry, but it's. Um, for a long time, my wife stayed home mm-hmm. with the kids cause we couldn't afford to send them to daycare cause we had too many and it's expensive. Yep. So we, um, I essentially worked the full time job in the healthcare industry, but also did all this freelance work. And at times it, it was 
pretty lucrative mm-hmm. and not in that I made a million dollars, but it sure made life a lot easier. Sure. Like, you know, so well, and you got really to do some really up. cool things and work with some really cool yeah. people. Yeah. So eventually, um, I met Donnie Vincent in like 2011 or 2012. Yeah. 2012. It was right after I started my site. And that's when he kind of started to show up a little bit mm-hmm. on some other projects and got to, you know, it's kind of relentless. Um, I used to host, I did a lot of interviews from like industry folks, whether they own companies or on TV shows. I do interviews on my blog. And then I started a thing called the Will to Hunt Live that mm-hmm. I was using some old webinar type software to do live interviews. And then there would be a chat and people could log in, oh, cool. ask questions live. And then I'd have some poor friend of mine being like my producer who was reading those and feeding me the Dude, you good were questions. so far ahead of your time. Yeah, this was 2012. Yeah. And then, and then like two weeks later, a big, a, a very large um, deer hunting magazine brought out the exact same thing. Oh, so it's like, you guys are watching. Um, so I did that for a little while, but I just couldn't keep up with it because at the time I lived over in King William and it didn't have high speed internet at the yep. house. So I was driving 45 minutes to my office to record these at like oh. 9 p.m. and then driving home again. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, uh, you know, I did that for a little bit, um, met Donnie Vincent through doing that, and then I was like, this guy does some cool stuff, I should stick around. Sure. Um, so I was just kind of relentless with those guys, and um, had the opportunity to work with him on some stuff, um, kind of subcontracted to Sigmanta for probably four or five years, mm-hmm. and then went on full-time with them for a little over a year, and... Um, at that time, I also took a contract position with Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. So I got to leave my day job for a while. Nice. Um, and we made some really cool uh, films, short films, commercials. Because mm-hmm. Manta is the production company that does all Donnie Vincent's yeah. films. He also owns the company. but um, we, So I got to produce a handful of his uh, bear hunts out in um, Canada, Alaska. Mm-hmm. Um and by produce, I mean, I was the one calling around, making sure he had all the right permits and ordering uh, all the camera gear and hiring all the subcontractors and, and doing that. So not to take any credit for the work that that team does sure, still, because sure, sure. it's largely all the same guys. And I was largely the, the guy that just made sure things fell into place so they could do amazing work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which, which, by the way, that, you know, don't, don't downplay that role right, yeah. because that... If you've ever been on any kind of production um, of anything of, of a decent size scale, right? Without that person, everything goes to shit real fast. Like <laughs> yeah. that, that is, you know, yeah. and, and you know, the, yeah, it's not as sexy as the guy behind the camera running the red, or you know, certainly not as as cool as being Donnie Vincent in right. front of the camera, right? But man, if you don't have that guy who's crossing the t's and dotting the i's and lining everything up. Oh boy. Yeah. Yep. So I got to be a part of some really cool productions with those guys. Um, and I've worked with a handful of different companies along the way too, doing just like I said, kind of running social media for brands Mm -hmm. or random marketing consulting or photography work or whatever. And it, it essentially that's where Uncommon Wild came from is me and Matt essentially merged our two freelance efforts Mm -hmm. of sorts into an agency style format so that we can, you know, it, it's kind of where one plus one equals three. Yeah. You, you know, because we can, 
I couldn't do as much alone as him and I can do can, together, and neither could he, so yeah. it just makes sense for us to kind of combine those, and that's, you know, eventually how I ended up with Triuplin, but, um, but yeah, I've been pretty fortunate to get to kind of dabble in a bunch of different stuff and help with a bunch of different projects. Which, which is which is super cool, and I think, you know, what, what I really respect and, and appreciate about that is, like, none of this was really, like, your inherent background Mm -mm. it wasn't like what you went to school for or what you grew up with no or or whatever like this was just you know a a passion that you that you followed and and kind of just picked up the skills as you went to fill in the gaps and and cultivated you know this knowledge to to do something that you know not a lot of people have had the opportunity to do yeah and you know it I, i think there's a lot of folks out there that for whatever reason, don't feel like they're like, oh yeah, but I could never do that. Yeah. You know, oh, I don't have, the, I don't know how to use a camera. Right. Or I don't know how to build a website or, right. I mean, fill in the whatever right. your excuse is that you can't yeah. do this thing. And it's like, hey, guess what? Neither could, neither could we. Like, you know, I I think what resonates with me is like, your your path is very similar just with, with Savage Gentleman. It's like, dude, I don't know shit about... <laughs> I don't know shit about shit. Yeah, I don't know anything yeah. about podcasts. I don't know anything about running a camera. I don't know, you know, or didn't. I'm, I'm learning, right? Or, right? or creating a business or working with leather or whatever. And I think, you know, I think it's important for guys to recognize, like, hey, man, if if you're willing to put in the time and the effort, mm-hmm. you know, the the world can be your oyster. Like I think it's, I think for a lot of folks, it's easy to just kind of stay in this downtrodden, like, Oh man, I can just never whatever. Right. Cause it's, it's convenient. It doesn't require anything. Yeah. Right. We were kind of talking about this today over lunch, I guess, or no, on the way to the game farm, probably talking about like defining success Yeah, and how like, I, I always look at what I'm doing currently and like, Oh, this sucks. I didn't, I didn't, this isn't successful. And it's like, well, I never started out to be here in the first place. I've started a blog to talk about stuff because I just wanted to. Mm-hmm. So, and I wanted people to feel like they were represented and that hunting can just be fun. It doesn't have to be this arduous thing. And it's okay to go out and work really hard and only kill two does mm-hmm. or one doe or nothing. Or nothing, yeah. You, you know, so it's, it's okay to be that because I am too and I'm okay. You know, so, and then I'm like, oh, this isn't successful because I'm not making money doing it right now. And it's like, well, that was never my motivation in the start. And I didn't build it to do that. And I'm not willing to do the things that most people do to get money. Mm -hmm. So, okay, it is successful. You know, so, and this is an issue I have with my kids is kind of helping them understand that being good at something doesn't mean it came easy to you or you do it quick. Right. So it's like everything now, it's like a time lapse. Yep. Or you only see the highlight reel. Mm-hmm. And that's from personal Facebook posts to cool YouTube videos. Yeah. Um, like my son races mountain bikes. So we watch Danny McCaskill videos on YouTube. Okay. And he's like, loves what he does. But I always, and what I love that Danny McCaskill does is he posts his like blooper reels. Oh, nice. Of him failing like not just once, yeah, but like twenty six times on this one trick mm-hmm. to get it right. So it's like that's what it takes. It, it takes years of trying and years of doing and practicing, and even then, it still takes twenty seven takes to get the right shot. Yeah, you know, so it's like yeah, 
it's not that you're not good at it. It's just you're not good at it yet. Yeah, you know, so you just have to go and do and try for a long time. And that sounds daunting when you look at when you're at the starting line. Mm -hmm. But all throughout that, there's so many little wins. Like hunt, we'll just use bird hunting. Sure. So this isn't taking years, but well, I guess if I use my story, like. If you look at that first time going out with my buddy Matt in Minnesota and about losing some toes because it was so flipping cold. Right. Like, if I'd taken that as, like, well, if this is step one, I can't do this. I'd never met, like, one of my best friends. I'd mm-hmm. never have a dog that is, like, my life mm-hmm. that's amazing in the field. I would have never come back and hunted with you today. I would have... You know, so it's like, if I'd just taken that one as, like, this freaking sucks. I hate this. This wasn't perfect. Yeah. It wasn't everything that I hoped or wanted it to be, so I might as well or just if quit I took and give the, up like, now. First time I missed a bird, as like, oh shoot, this isn't going to work. We missed so many birds today, <laughs> and we had so much fun doing it, you know, because there was no pressure. It's like, it happens. Quail are small, they're flying fast, the wind's crazy, whatever. We um, didn't, we didn't, I didn't properly practice, you know, there was, right. pro- I think there was something we were in my safe. eye. <laughs> we just had not practiced, and I didn't. Yeah, you know, and, and, you know, I think there's probably an assumption, at least by some users on TriUpland, is that, like, I'm some expert. But, right. like, I told you today, I'm like, I just, ass- I didn't assume and I knew better. I just didn't take the time. I used the same chokes that I use for larger shot size on pheasants for smaller shot size <laughs> on quail. Didn't work out in my Turns favor. out, yeah. It was... doesn't translate. <laughs> yeah, there's some... Because it... My guess is it held too tight of a pattern at distance, especially in the wind. And I had some steel mixed in with some lead, so that didn't <laughs> help. So, like, I... You know, I'm five years in. I'm still making mistakes, like, really stupid ones. Mistakes nonetheless. But I'm not mad. We still had fun. We still killed we birds. Had a great time. Whatever. We didn't kill all 20 they put out. Sure. But we got... We got ten quail and a chucker, and a ch- <laughs> which which I was. We didn't even put out, and it's yeah, a weird looking bird. <laughs> it's a cool bird, and man, that that to me was the highlight of the day. Well, you dropped it so perfectly. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. <laughs> and so, you know, if you, if you've never hunted birds before, or even like spooked birds, like the quail don't make a lot of noise. They're pretty small, yeah, right. So you don't hear it. But when you've got a bigger bird, a grouse or a chucker, or I'm sure a pheasant, yeah. When that thing takes off, man, you know it's something's something. happening, right? And, yeah. and and so we we stumbled across it, and Odin he he actually flushed it out. Actually, no, you flushed it out for me, but it went. Yeah, he was on point, and I had to go kicking through the woods to yeah. get it out of the woods. And this this thing took off actually through the woods, and 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 we lost it for a while. And I was like, man, because I could see it. I didn't want to, sh- you know, I'm not going to shoot on the ground. Yeah. So, you know, we wait till it flies. And I'm like, man, this is a beautiful bird. And, and yeah. it was unexpected. Like, this wasn't something that we had planned for. I was like, right. They told us. It like, wasn't hey, part of the package. It wasn't part of the package. But they're like, hey, look, it's the end of the season, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. So, there, shoot it. this thing, you know, eludes us. And I'm stomping through the, through the briars trying to find, like, man, I want to get this bird. Yeah. Like, I really, like, I've got to get this thing. This <laughs> yeah. thing is so cool. We found it. This is great. And, and so lose track of it. And then, you know, Odin finds it again. Mm -hmm. He's a stud. (laughs) And so this time he's able to, to flush it out and now it goes into the field and the thing whizzes by me. It, it just, 
I don't know, it's probably maybe about 10 feet up, not too high off. Um, and, and, I, and I wheel around and I freaking just nail this thing yeah. as it's, as it's coming by. And like for me, it was, that was like such, especially since we were sucking so bad earlier <laughs> yeah. and, and missing yeah. so terribly, like to, to get that shot and land it and just hit it dead on and have it drop right there in the tracks. It's like, man, that was, that was really cool. And I think, you know, we need to have more of those experiences, yeah. you know, yeah. it, just in life in general, where we can go out and we can like feel what it means to like win at something like man i did something exceedingly well yeah and 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 it's okay to feel good about that right you know what i mean like like it's 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 nice but i think too many people are afraid to put themselves out there because they're like well but you know what if i missed yeah i missed a bunch we missed a lot to be the mentor here we missed a lot (laughs) you know and and you know but we also got some but we would have missed all of them had we just sat at home you know, well, we could have sat watch YouTube videos of people hunting <laughs> yeah. all day. Well, and if we didn't just, and I was talking to you a little bit about this while we were out there, when you're looking for the chucker that we'd seen get up and land somewhere, but we couldn't find it again, there's, not everybody's a hunter and that's fine. Not mm-hmm. everybody has the right drive. But once you got a glimpse of that thing, you were not going to leave until we found it. You yeah. know, and you know, uh, luckily we have the help of the dog, or we'd probably still be out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the that's the kind of cool drive you get to see in people. And if people don't have it, it's still fine, like we can still have a good time. And maybe you never upland hunt again, that's fine. But like when you get somebody out that's like willing to really push and try, and if we could have we could have done one lap, around, we did what three, four laps I think around four the laps field, total, yeah. And you can go once and have a good time, you can go twice, but we did because we, we gotta make know sure. there's still birds out yeah, here. Yeah, like, hey, we're going to make sure, and especially knowing that, like, hey, there could be other stuff that we, you know, that we yeah, weren't even counted for. for. Yeah. yeah, like, for me, that's, like, super exciting. I mean, <laughs> yeah. These are bonus birds, you know? <laughs> yeah. Now I'm now I'm really invested in this mm-hmm. thing. Like, wow, well, okay, it's like a treasure hunt now mm-hmm. at this point. Like, who knows, man? Like, maybe a freaking peacock will fly. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, but, but I think that that's important, like, to just to find ways to cultivate that in in whatever it is that that yeah. like get your I don't know that get your rocks off or whatever like to get your juices flowing of man I need to to engage in these things yeah. that are compelling enough to push me to drive a little bit harder to put in the extra effort and it, right. and it could be hunting it could be martial Anything. arts it could be I it could be web design I don't care what your thing is. Right, but like, man, find that thing, and yep. and if you haven't found it, keep looking. It, right. you know what I mean. Like, yeah. keep keep looking because for sure it's out there. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that's one of the things that that a lot of us, a lot of a lot of people, a lot of guys, whatever, just stop doing. You know, when we're kids, we're yeah. constantly looking for new stuff, and and, right. and we're we're passionate about everything. Yeah, yeah. Right? And then at some point, there's a switch where it's just like. I don't know, man. I just well, if I'm not going to be better than so and so, might as well not do it. And yeah, it's like, well, and it's just like, yeah, this is my life now, and and I'm just going to accept, you know, right. whatever whatever comes my way. And it's like, no, piss on that, man. Like, like you are master and commander of your own destiny. And if yeah. you haven't found the thing that that ignites that fire, then keep looking because it, it's it's out there. Like you're created for something. Yeah. And if you if you haven't found it or you forgot about it, you put it down. Like. Man, pick it back up, right? You know, yeah. and 
and and you know to to kind of culminate this this discussion if you're still looking for that thing and you haven't found it then you know maybe try upland yeah exactly you know i mean it's a good place to start maybe hunting is your thing or you know maybe it's just finding a community finding a place where maybe that's what you're lacking maybe it's not about the hunting at all maybe it's just about getting out with other people and having an experience together yeah right I, I think that especially with COVID people being on lockdown, man, that's something that's been really missing yeah. for a lot of folks. And it's been messing people up. Like people are struggling with it. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're, we're, we're not designed to just like, you know, be hermits and isolated in our own little spaces. Right, like yeah. we're, we're meant to be part of something, you know, bigger and larger than ourselves. So, you know, find that whatever it is, you know, if mm-hmm. that's, if that's, you know, Try upland in a hunting community if it's you know a chess organization like I don't give a shit what it is if it's the League <laughs> yeah. of Savage Gentlemen if you want to jump on board and do what we're doing here right by all means please do we'd love to have you but but whatever it is find that thing mm-hmm. and 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 pursue it because I think you know if you're stuck in that place where stuff isn't where you want it to be mm-hmm. then man it's kind of up to you to go out and and, and seek it yeah well and. None of any of that costs any money that no one can can't afford. Sure, you know, like the reason part of the way I got to do more hunting is, you know, I didn't ever charge for ad space on my website because I got sick of the idea because mm-hmm. it was the same idea as the magazine that I was frustrated with. Yeah, I was like, I don't want to take your money, so I I did do some ad placement, but it was always like a Google ad where they served appropriate ads, sure. and it wasn't my choice. Yep. And I never made any money because it's like you yeah, get a half a cent for three billion clicks, and you're like, "Awesome, oh, cool." This oh. I, I can afford a bubble gum this week. No, <laughs> um, but you know, companies would send me free gear mm-hmm. to write about it because my I was usually it's kind of waned a little bit, but the um, I was generally top three to five Google results for anything I reviewed in wow. the hunting space for a long time. Um, so that meant I got a lot of free gear. I never wrote a bad review because if your stuff sucks, I'm just going to tell you. But I'm also not going to say it sucks to the world. Sure. But if it's usable gear, I'm going to write an honest review and mm-hmm. it's not going to be 100% positive. Like I said, I always point something out that says, here's the downfall of this product or yep. whatever. So that's how I afforded to hunt because I didn't have any money was yeah. to write about it and people to give me stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I could get enough gear that I didn't need to buy it. You're and, outfitted, so now you're right. saving that cost. And, you know, it's it's it, it hunting's can be expensive. Sure. Like I said, upland we choose that because all you need is a cheap shotgun mm-hmm. and you can still have fun. But like bow hunting deer, like a new bow is like nine hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and that's a cheap one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then a sight, arrows, broadheads, rest. You know, you're in two, three grand. Yeah. Before you're and, ready to shoot. Well, and, and, and that's not even talking about, you know, the, the clothing and the, and the, the clothing, high-speed the camo stand, stuff yeah. that you need. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you yep. could spend you could spend a grand just in, you know... Oh, uh, jacket. Jacket. And, yeah, depending on where you're shopping. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and, and that's, you know, it's like, man, where there's a, you know, pardon the pun, but where there's a will, there's a way. Exactly. Right? It's like, man, there, there, there are 
absolute ways to overcome these obstacles. Yeah. You know, whatever your whatever your endeavor is, whatever you're trying to accomplish, it's like you, you. But you may have to think out of the box. You may have to be a little bit creative, and you know, you you might have to put in a little bit of extra effort. You know, it might require writing. You know several dozen several hundred blog articles yeah. before someone recognizes and realizes like yeah maybe we should give you some free shit right, in exchange yeah. right you know it wasn't day one you know zero work put in that that you were just like oh hey, yeah it was years hey, of Ford, reviewing my own stuff hey ford send me a the brand new <laughs> raptor to go stomp around in the free i don't know where you take it was that the, oh the south Badlands? dakota well so i took that to a snow goose hunt in eastern south dakota yeah, I got a raptor for a couple of weeks, and and that's yeah, that's the just it. Like, <laughs> they used to have a relationship with them. There's no money ever changes hands, but if I need a truck, I got a truck mm-hmm. that's not my own. Like, I sure, can, it, but it I doesn't, mean, and I and it's because I provide a valuable service for mm-hmm. that. So it's like you know, there, there's so many weird little things that come out of it. Yeah, you know, and and a lot of that. So the reason I fostered that relationship, I could not afford a truck. Luckily, I have the truck have that's parked now. right outside yeah. now. It's not fancy. It's damn near base model, and I'm fine with that. But I needed to hunt, and my last two cars were a Volkswagen Passat and a Volkswagen Golf. <laughs> Neither are primed Perfect. for going mule deer hunting in Northwest South Dakota or something like that. You know, yeah. so it's like, um, I you know, a friend of mine kind of hooked me up with Ford when he couldn't go on a trip with them when he was invited and they're like he was like hey well have you talked to this guy um and i didn't kind of the same thing like with donnie like i did not let them forget me yeah so like if they gave me a truck for a trip and i never there's plenty of auto journalists that do an amazing job they get a vehicle they drive it around for a week and they get a new vehicle drive it around for a week and it's they're just doing it in daily life mm-hmm. i did never ask for anything unless i was doing something cool yeah like, like I'm very doing, specific. I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Can I get a truck? And they're like, uh, yeah. So <laughs> here you go. I'm going to go on a turkey hunt with some buddies in eastern Wisconsin. Can I get a truck? And they're like, well, here's the new three liter diesel F-150. Cool. I'll take that. And take some cool photos and write about it and give an honest review. Mm-hmm. And the wild thing is my blog's never been like a million views. It's never even been that many views. But... The handful that are there are pretty loyal to the following, mm-hmm. and they believe me. Yeah, they they can read it and say, "Oh yeah, that's Will. He knows what's up." You yeah, know, he's well, not. Well, it's gonna a lie very to real and honest yeah. thing because you're not you're not bought and paid for. Right, and and the crazy part was in 2014 when they announced the 2015 F150, they flew me to the North American International Auto Show, and this was kind of my first deal with them. And for the launch mm-hmm. of the F-150, the new, you know, because in 2015 when they brought the aluminum body yep. and the EcoBoost engines, they had some of those before, but it was a big deal, all new. Um, so I did a lot of work to promote it. And then when they were actually in the media fleet, I got one for a trout fishing trip and wrote about it. And we rode fat bikes. So I put a fat bike trailer, like a hitch on the back of mm-hmm. the F-150, took some cool photos, wrote about it a bunch. Um... And then after that, between the auto show coverage and that review, I had about a dozen people email or message me on social media and say, I just bought a F-150, you closed the deal. Oh, wow. Like, something to the effect that my stupid opinion (laughs) shaped their view of spending 
minimum of $35,000. Yeah. And so I saved those notes and blinded them, <laughs> pulled my traffic numbers, pulled my influence on social media, and I just mm-hmm. sent it to them, like, thanks for the truck. Just want you to know what's up. You know, wow. like, here's what you saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or what I saw as uh-huh. a result. And that's how I built the... Re- and it wasn't because I had the most traffic. Sure. Or the most following, or the best photos, or the best writing. I just didn't let them forget me. Or yeah. why they ever worked with me in the first place. Right. And it makes good relationships. So it's like one of those things, too, where um, kind of getting back to, like, trying things and doing them. You don't have to be the best or even that good at things to get really cool shit. <laughs> you know, like, and not to, like, you know... You know, you don't have to be the best welder, but you can build a cool camp trailer for your family that's yeah, yeah, safe. Yeah. It might not have perfect welds. Sure. That might not be look appealing, but they're safe and they're good. Mm-hmm. And then maybe your buddy sees it and pays you to build him one. Yeah. And, and then maybe guess what? you meet somebody and he's like, hey, you suck at welding, but the design is really cool. Sure. Let's do that. You know, so like there's so many ways well, you can take all these little things that and, you don't and, have to and be by, the best. by the way, like after you've, you know, you well, you made your, you know, trailer and then you did three or four for your buddies. Like all of a sudden you're like, Hey, actually these are pretty freaking good. Yeah. You know what I mean? By virtue of doing the thing and working towards it and having a reason to, which you created yeah. in the first place, you know what I mean? Like you're going to improve and get kind of good at this thing. Right. You know, well, in worst case scenario, it just fulfills the purpose you intended. Sure. Which is maybe it's going camping with your family mm-hmm. or something. And like there's so many things like. Um, and this is where we, again, to kind of circle back to that, like, measure of success is, like, you can't weld up that trailer and be like, well, nobody offered me $5 million for a patent. I guess, I guess it I sucks. failed. And it's right. like, well, you never set out for that in the first place. Yeah, you yeah, set yeah. out to have a functional trailer to take your kids camping. Do mm-hmm. you have that? Yes. Cool. And then along the way, you got better at welding. You spent time with your son building it. You mm-hmm. know, so, like... You don't have to be a mogul at the end of this. You can be <laughs> nope. a happy guy with a cool listen, trailer. Listen, listen. If everything I do, if it doesn't make me at least ten million dollars every single time on the first freaking I'm try, done. then I have failed miserably. Right. And you know, again, we we it, it's easy because we there's we see so much in life is mm-hmm. hyperbole. Yeah. Right. It's easy to use that as our measuring stick for everything. It's like well. You know, I didn't get on TV for this thing, so I guess it, did, yeah. I guess it sucked. Like, yep. oh man, I'm not, you know, being interviewed by the New York Times, so right. wh- whatever. And it's like that's absurd. Like, stop. Right. You know, like just because whoever you're following on Instagram may have done this thing and that's their measure for success doesn't mean it has to be yours. Right. You know, but like just set set a goal. You know, reach that goal and then use that as a stepping stone for the next one. And yep. like. You know, maybe five or ten years down the road, like all of a sudden you're starting your own company and, <laughs> right. you know what I mean, doing the thing that you loved and you can quit your day job and do something really, you know, really amazing and something you're passionate about. And that's, right. you know, yeah. it, it is doable. It can oh, be yeah. done. Um, one, one thing, as you were talking about, next time we do this, um, speaking of Ford, like, can we get them to send us a, whatever the new Bronco is? Oh, I'm I'm working on. Is that, that happening? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Like I don't get super like geeked out over it's cars and vehicles cool. like, much. <laughs> like there, I mean, I I have a deep appreciation of, of of cars and and trucks and and that sort of thing. There's very few that I'm just like, oh my gosh, I need to have that. 
and the friggin' new Bronco is is one where I'm just like, bro, I yeah, you know, I might give up a toe for that thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'd like, give up all of them. <laughs> I don't even need toes. Um, maybe I'll keep the big ones. Yeah, yeah I, need, I need those. More, but like, but... there's there's some that I could probably do without. Yeah, at least three. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's a phenomenal vehicle, and of course, there's haters about everything, and that are getting mad about the engine and manual transmission and. There's the Sasquatch package, which gives you giant tires and stuff. Like, they've done an amazing job. And actually, some of that, they they heard the audience said, okay, fine, we'll offer it. You know, which is incredibly cool. hard to do after a vehicle is announced. Sure. Like, I don't think people understand what... It, it's not being like, hey, Ricky, we're putting All right, on fine. These. Yeah. All right. Swap it's like, out okay, well, we have a global supply chain that supports... <laughs> Uh, like domestic production of this car. Yeah, in the we're gonna hundreds, swap it. in the hundreds of thousands. It's not like right. it's like two or three of these things. It's yeah. like, okay, cool. We got to re-engineer this whole thing. Oh, and we need like half a million. <laughs> right. Tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's funny. They've they've bent to the customer base on some of those, but overall the truck looks absolutely phenomenal. I haven't gotten, of course, with COVID, everything's been kind of tough, mm-hmm. and that was one of the things actually. I've gotten to know a couple of the guys at, at Ford and um, like I, they, they are owed so many kudos for how they pulled off launching an iconic truck brand during a pandemic Mm -hmm. and they've already pre-sold like 210,000. Oh shit. And I say pre-sold. It's like you put a hundred dollar deposit and it puts you in line, but it's Still, like, like a, that's a massive interest. number of yeah. like two hundred thousand. We're gonna trucks. have we're gonna have dudes in here screaming at their phones or like, man, piss on Ford. Shit, yeah. is the only way, or Dodge or whatever. Yeah. Pick your pick your point. Like, yeah, uh, there, there's gonna be some people. And yes, I drive an F one fifty. They've been nice to me. I bought the F one fifty because I don't have just a relationship with Ford. Have you sent me a Silverado a few years ago? They sent me a Colorado diesel. Like, I've had a chance the to drive a lot of Colorado's nice. Them. I like those. Yeah, they're sweet trucks, and I still bought a F-150, and it has nothing to do with any relationship or whatever. It's like, for me, that was the best truck for mm-hmm. hauling kids, dogs, do. gas mileage, four-wheel drive, price point. Like, all the things came together for that. Um, Dude, they better send me a big, fat check for this freaking <laughs> podcast. I know, right? We'll sell at least, like... If I sold a vehicles. dozen with back in the day <laughs> as nobody, we're gonna sell so many. We're gonna sell so many Ford Broncos from this. <laughs> if, if listen, a week after this releases, if there is not a Ford Bronco brand new in my driveway, it'll be the Bronco Sport though, the little one. Oh, shit! No, <laughs> I want the Sasquatch. No, no, I want I want the biggest, baddest. I want top of the line. I want the freaking. What is that? Is it is it like eighty five? The full package, I think. The Wild Track, I think, is the most expensive. There's a, quite a few trims, and if you'd asked me like a three, two, three months ago when it really came out, I spent you so much exactly time reading it. I could tell you, oh like, my god, I oh. could tell you the gear ratio. I played, <laughs> I played the mix and match on like, oh, what if I add this? What if I? Do? Yeah, because it's like a build your own, and then all of yeah. a sudden I'm like, shit, I'm a hundred grand into this freaking Bronco. Yep, yep. Oh, but yeah, man. I think the Wild Track is the most expensive, but I think the Badlands is the like. The package. It's, the, it's, it's like the, the right mix of like features and price mm-hmm. that you're not spending a hundred thousand dollars on yeah. a, an SUV. Yeah, 
on a but, thing that I'm just going to go pick up groceries most of the time. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. I'm going to hit the puddles in the driveway yeah. extra oh, hard geez. with this yeah. one to make oh, it look like I went off. That's road. right. That's <laughs> right. So, man, this has been a really awesome discussion. I, I, I appreciate not only sitting down and, and talking yeah. about what we did today, but actually coordinating the trip you yeah. know, and, and, and yeah. going out and, and having an excellent time upland hunting. Um Obviously, people can find you at tryupland.org. Yep, tryupland.org. Um, is there? Uh, what are the other places where if they want to learn more about what you're doing or what you're up to? It's just Try Upland on all social platforms. Okay. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, you're pretty active on Twitter too with your will to hunt, right? Yeah. So me personally, it's the will to hunt on all social media platforms. Okay. Um, so me personally, are those Try Upland is pretty active on Instagram mostly because that's the only one I feel like dealing with. Yep. You know, Facebook's fine, but Instagram's kind of, you know, and, and upland hunting's a pretty sport. You yeah. know, or not, I don't like saying sport, activity. Yeah. It's very picturesque and you mm-hmm. get some really cool photos. And Matt, my partner, is a phenomenal photographer and most of mine don't suck. So it's kind of where we gravitate to. But that's where you can find out all the try upland stuff. And, you know, it's a free site. Like, the, we're not trying to get rich off this. You know, eventually there'll be advertising on the site and stuff. But it's really just trying to get people involved because it's something we believe in um but of course me personally is is the will to hunt.com or at the will to hunt on twitter instagram everywhere else. yeah so if you want to send any hate mail yeah if you want to yell at me about the bronco or the, the f-150 or, the, or, or tell me how crappy the ecoboost is that i have in my truck that's fine yeah because i'm not hearing it like i don't give a shit i don't <laughs> yeah. care you you can come at this guy yep. and, and let him hold it mm-hmm. um yeah Will, we'll have to do this again. I'm looking forward to Absolutely. more Upland and, and other hunting adventures. I think you may have um, planted a little seed. Yeah. You know, uh, so which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I said, thanks for taking the time. And yeah. until thank you guys for listening and hanging out. Absolutely. And stay tuned for the next one.